Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, welcoming you. This is a presentation of Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. We call it Saint City out here. It ain't Sin City. It's Saint City. I'm changing it right now. And uh, here on the program, on the Heal the Sick podcast, we present to you amazing men and women of God who are out in the world, who are walking the walk, who are seeing the actual fruit of their labor, who are seeing the manifestation of what God actually does for real. And on the show, we put God's goodness on display and we put to rest once and for all, is healing real? Is healing for today? Let me put it straight up to you. Yes. And we demonstrate it every week here on the show with just amazing people. Now, today on the program, I am so excited for our, our guest today. We've um, This gentleman and I have had a conversation recently and the project that he is in on, the ministry work that he is doing is really speaking to my spirits, really getting me excited for what the future holds. Joining me on the phone today is a gentleman named Don Blizzard, who is with TheLastReformationUSA.com. And uh, he is, him and a, uh, another gentleman in Denmark are trying to start a brand new reformation, if you can believe that. I think one's needed. So joining us on the phone today, let's hear more about it. Don, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm feeling like a million myself today. So yes, how are you? I'm wonderful, bro. I, what, what are you trying to start a reformation over here or what? What, what are you doing? <laughs> well, actually, God, is, God has been doing something amazing upon the face of the earth, and it's unlike anything I think we've seen in about uh, 2,000 years of church history. Wow. Really quite an amazing thing that's going on right now. Yeah, and we're going to definitely get into that in a little bit, and audience, you're going to love hearing this. But, uh, Don, before we get into this, um, we usually ask our guests to tell a healing testimony of something that they've seen, something crazy and something outrageous. And uh, I know that you've been traveling around a lot, and you've hit the streets a lot, and you've been praying for healing and seeing crazy things. So what kind of cool testimony can you share with us? Well, I actually, I've got a couple of them, and uh, I'll try to make them as quick as possible. Uh, the first one is uh, dealing with a five-year-old girl. Um, I had a parent contact me, saying that her daughter was hearing voices. And apparently this child had been abused uh, sexually as a baby and was showing signs of multiple personality disorder. So I ended up meeting with this five-year-old girl and speaking with her. And uh, in my conversation, uh, her demeanor and mood suddenly changed, and she got very serious. And she had mentioned to me, she said, uh, I hear voices in my head. And I said, well, what are these voices saying to you? And she said to me, they told me that I was pathetic. I said, pathetic? She said, yes. What does that word mean? Well, as it ended up, I ended up walking this five-year-old girl through deliverance and uh, telling her about God and God, how he had a baby boy and how he came and uh, he has the power over demons. And through his blood, through him dying on a cross for us, and ran through scenarios with this little girl on how she could deliver herself from this these voices that were speaking to her head. And we actually did some role-playing afterwards. And uh, after my time with her, I, I sent her back and with her mother, and this was at a shopping mall I had met her. And about, uh, I'd say about three months later, I got a phone call from her mother. And uh, as soon as I picked up the phone, she said, what have you done with my little girl? And uh, 
for a minute there, I just, I just gasped. I said, why? What's going on? She said, the voices are completely gone. <laughs> so this, this young five-year-old girl ended up delivering herself. And uh, that shows us that even a child can take authority that Christ has given us and have power over demons. Wow. So, yeah, just, just, just absolutely blew me away. But uh, this, is, this is how God works. And again, through the mouths of babes, <laughs> these things happen. Um, now, as far as other testimonies, uh, our most recent one, and I do want to share it with you, Million, because I think it's a special one. I spent some time recently out in Los Angeles, uh, in West Hollywood, and it was amongst the Russian Orthodox community. Now, you need to understand that these people are very steeped in church tradition. And I was called out there to, to kickstart some of them, to get them out on the streets and lay hands on the sick and do healing. But in going out there and meeting this Orthodox Church, what I was bringing to the table was not only a radical rethink of what church is, but we were, you know, much like Curry Blake does, we were slaughtering many of those uh sacred cows, which have prevented us from living in the realm of New Testament Christianity. But what was exciting to me on this trip, uh, Million, was my experience, uh, because it was much like we see in the first century church. I admit, when I first got there, it was I was greeted in a room full of people, and there was a table set before me. Million, it was a feast. You couldn't even see the tabletops. I mean, it was mm. food everywhere. Wow. And so My every, kind of everywhere place. I went that oh it was fantastic. Everywhere I went it seemed that we had to travel to different houses. And in each of these houses we're talking these rooms were packed with people and packed with food. And I mean you every place I went you couldn't even see the tabletops. But what was wild about this trip is it really reminded me of the times of Christ. Because if you think about the ministry of our Lord, we always seem to find him hanging around a table somewhere where there's food. And the first miracle he ever performed was at a table, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. We read about in the book of John. It was at a wedding reception in Cana. Right. And throughout his ministry, we see him eating at different places with different people, and even came to the point where they accused him of being a glutton in a wine dipper. <laughs> right, right. My kind uh, of guy. Then again, <laughs> he, yeah, amen. Right, where, there's food, man, I'm there. Exactly. Well, even at the closing of Christ's earthly ministry, again, we see him at a table. I mean, that's how it was out there. It was crazy. But what really struck me was that in each of these homes, there were rooms packed with people. And there were people there that needed prayer for different things. Uh, we had one guy, when I had shown up, he had almost completely lost his vision. His next eyeglass prescription, there wasn't one. And he couldn't read his Bible. So we ended up praying and laying hands on him, and the Lord healed him, and he was able to take off his glasses and, for the first time in years, read his Bible. But was it was amazing. What was really, really striking about this was, in each of the situations where I would lay my hands on people, suddenly people began to openly repent of sins. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, so... What was happening is I'm showing up at houses, laying hands on people, healing the sick, and as this is going on, people are just openly repenting and beginning to weep to turn from sins. I mean, it was crazy. So let me ask you something on that. Excuse me to interrupt there. When people were repenting of the sins, was it just... um, 
like a physical kind of, wow, that's kind of cool. I better get myself an order approach from with them. Or was it more like, was there something in the spirit just hitting away at them or was it both? Well, it was both. And I'll tell you what the discovery was that I took away from this. And this is what made the trip out there so special for me. It wasn't really until I got back to Rhode Island that suddenly dawn, light dawned on Marblehead. <laughs> the Lord showed me the connection now between repentance and healing and miracles. And man, I've read the Bible so many times, but I've glossed over the connection between the two. And uh, this happened when I was looking through the book of Luke. In fact, I was kind of perusing through Luke, and I was reading chapter 10. And man, I've read this passage many times before. But until you live it out and see how, how the Lord works, sometimes we just gloss over things and we miss it. But here's here's what it says in Luke. And it, it, this is pretty much how we've been living, uh, both Torben and myself. Uh, the Bible says, whatever, you you, whatever house you enter, first say peace to this home. And if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him, but if not, it will return to you. And Luke goes on to tell you to stay in the house, eating and drinking what they give you. Matt, perfectly, my experience there in Los Angeles. I could be on board with that, yes. And it says, whatever city you go into, and they receive you, eat what is set before you, and heal those who are sick, and say to them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. Then Luke goes on to say, whatever city you enter that doesn't receive you, go out into the streets... And it tells you to pronounce a woe against them. Hmm. And it talks about even the dust of your city, which clings to the feet, wipe off and protest against them. And it tells us what to say to them. And it says, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles which had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. And when I found that passage, Million, I was like, whoa, now I get it. Okay. And break it down for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, if the miracles were done in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, it said they would have repented. So here I saw a connection for the first time between repentance and the actual healing in the miracles. Which, which kind of goes back to your question. What I've discovered, Million, is this. As we go out and we lay hands on the sick, and we demonstrate the power of God before people, suddenly Christ becomes a reality to them. And it just seems immediately, it, it just causes people to almost assess their condition before God. And the Bible tells us in Romans that it's the goodness of God which leads men unto repentance. So that was my takeaway from this trip, and it was really just an amazing thing. Wow. And uh, it doesn't end there. I was on my way back from Los Angeles, and in flying home, I had a connection in Philadelphia. And in Philadelphia, I had run into somebody who I hadn't seen in probably about 15 years. And this this young man was now a pastor, and the last time I had known him, I was in a church of over a 1,000 people, and he was dating the pastor's daughter. And, of course, today he's a pastor. So if you, anyone out there wants to become a pastor, just marry, marry the pastor's daughter. Okay, good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we had met up, and uh, he was he was from a, a Reformed uh, church, which I used to go to years ago in my former life. And a lot of the Reformed uh, thinkers don't believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. So he had asked me about what's going on in my life, what's happening with the Lord in our ministry, and then... 
he had reminded me that he was a cessationist and didn't believe in any of these things. So in that conversation, I had mentioned to him, I said, well, yeah, it, it really does create a difference, because if you were to ask a lot of the, the Reformed theologians, how do you know you're a Christian? And they would say to you that the Bible tells me. And I said, well, well, I would tell you that the Spirit of God bears witness and testimony to my spirit that I'm a son. And then this guy turned to me and he says, see, you just proved my point. I said, what do you mean? He said, where is that found? In the Scriptures. So as we had walked away, I thought to myself, wow, the Holy Spirit is far more than just a person whose words on a page. He's a person who's living and should be in our lives. Well, as we get onto the plane, this guy was sitting on the same plane because he was heading back to Providence with me, and um, he got in the business class, and as I walked by him toward the back of the plane and sat down, suddenly my cell phone buzzed, and I had two messages. Mm-hmm. And the first message I got was from a young guy in New York, and I will never forget this. He was 19 years old, and he was broken and weeping on the uh, on the message. He had just seen some of our videos on our website, and suddenly, just seeing God heal somebody and seeing that it's real completely shattered this guy. And he was saying, man, I'm doing drugs, I want to change my life, will you meet me? I want to become a disciple of Jesus. And then I got the next message, and man, you're not going to believe it, this this message came from Connecticut the next state over. Another young guy, 22 years old, same thing broken and shattered on the phone, wanting to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. In fact, just uh, last week, he had driven out from Connecticut, and we baptized him here in Rhode Island into Christ. Nice. And But what really blew me away is this. Christ said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And that brought me back to my conversation with this young man in the airport. Because a lot of the a lot of the reformed thinkers don't believe as much as those in the charismatic circles or the Pentecostal circles regarding the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting is in the Bible, it is the Spirit of God that reveals Christ unto us in all its fullness. And I thought to myself, how can we reveal Christ in all his fullness? unless we have a relationship with the third member of the Godhead who reveals him. Right, right. But here's, again, I'm just blown away, because what's happening is this has completely transformed the way we think about evangelism. The example being, I I had just left Los Angeles, and we had people there, but we were going out into the streets to reach people with, you know, healing them and, and preaching the gospel to bring them into the kingdom. But when we lift up Christ in all his fullness, it's like walking into a harvest field with a basket, turning to pick up a squash up off the vine to put it in the basket, and as you turn, a zucchini jumps off the vine from the other (laughs) side, right into your basket when you're not looking. So we're seeing fruit on an unprecedented level like we have never seen before. It's just been incredible. You know, it's interesting because, um, and listeners, I'll explain more in, in the next segment because we are up against the break, but um, what Don and his associate, uh, Torben Sundergaard, who we'll talk about in the next segment as well, um, they've been talking about 
the the idea of making disciples and uh, Don and Torben were here in Las Vegas not too long ago and I had a chance to meet everybody over there and kind of sit and listen to them and what they were saying has just is impacted me in such a way and I know exactly what you're talking about because in my spirit it's like my spirit is trying to jump out of my body right now it's so excited to hear some of this stuff so uh, we're up against the break so when we come back we're going to hear more about uh, what Don is talking about and Guys, you got to listen up. This is going to be some good stuff coming your way. So keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast, and we'll be right back after this. Thank you for listening to the Heal the Sick podcast, presented by Dominion Fire Church. Our ministry is growing, and we would like to ask you to grow along with us. Currently, we are in need of financial support, and we are asking friends, listeners, and followers to help crowdfund this ministry on a monthly basis. If this program has blessed or inspired you, please help us to produce more and more episodes by becoming a monthly supporter of $5, $10, or whatever amount is in your heart to give. Your contribution helps us produce more programs, help the sick get healed, and also support Christian outreaches overseas. Please visit www.dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter for details and how to get started. Again, that's dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter. We thank you for your generosity and support. Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. listeners, welcome back to the Heal the Sick podcast with me, Million, M-I-L-L-I-A-N. This is a presentation of Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. And this program, as well as the entire catalog, can be found at www.dominionfire.com, as well as all of our other materials that we have, our artistic projects and videos, uh, healing information, all that kind of good stuff is there on the site, as well as all of our social media links. So uh, make sure you check that out and please share um, the link to the pro, uh, to the podcast podcast program with anyone you know that needs this encouragement and needs this info. This is such good stuff, and we keep hearing it from so many different people in so many different ways about how it's happening. So uh, please do that. And if you're an iTunes user, if you'll please uh, throw a, a positive review our way, that helps us get a little more notice. So we'd appreciate that as well. Now, today on the show, we're talking with Don Blizzard, who is joining us from Rhode Island, neither a road nor an island. So it's it's awesome to have you here today, Don. Uh, Don is with the Last Reformation Last Reformation USA, and um, how I met Don was that uh, he and his associate Torben Sondergaard from Denmark, who is uh, thelastreformation.com, dot com, uh, they had come through Las Vegas and they were at a local church here and they were speaking and kind of sharing what they do and how they build uh, disciples through kind of just the method that they have and just sharing stuff that was on their hearts and some testimonies. And uh, me and our team here, we went out and visited and we had a chance to to really listen. And ever since that meeting, um, I was t- telling Don on the phone the other day that um, I can't seem to get this concept out of my head. And, and normally whenever I'd hear like discipleship, like my eyes would kind of glaze over. But for some reason, what these guys are talking about just will not get out of my head. And this is why we're uh, bringing Don on the show here today, because I want to share this with you, because I think there's something huge in here that you guys need to hear. So, um, Don, on this segment, this is where we usually do our background and experience. So um, prefaced with what I just said here, uh, could you please tell us your background and experience and kind of tie this all together for us? Sure. In fact, uh, given the fact we only have 10 minutes, I won't start with my salvation. Or I'll, I'll just give you a quick synopsis of it. In July of 1988, uh, I had come to Christ, and 
I was born and raised a Catholic. I uh, was given the option at 18 years old to either continue on in Catholicism or to leave the Catholic Church. I opted out at that point. Uh, respecting my father, I met with a Monsignor and spoke about some of the reasons, one of being which I'd never read a Bible. And he told me that I couldn't because I hadn't gone to seminary. <laughs> so I'd asked the Monsignor, Crazy. I said, well, who teaches the Word of God? If, is this the Word of God, the Bible? He said, yes, it is. And I said, who better to teach it, God or seminary? And unfortunately, the Monsignor couldn't answer my question. So I had a check in my spirit at that point. I ended up leaving the Catholic Church, was told I was going to hell. But um, anyways, uh, first thing I did is I went out and bought a Bible. And uh, it wasn't until a few years after that, in 1988, where I had an associate who I had worked with, who I knew was a Christian, and I had approached him, asking him if he could teach me the Bible. And he and his wife spent about three years coming to my apartment out in Taunton, Massachusetts, where I lived by myself, pouring granite into my heart for three years. It's just been an amazing thing. And uh, it wasn't long after that uh, I was seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I was reading the Bible and not really understanding it. And not only that, it was knocking me out when I read it. I couldn't get through a paragraph without picking my head up off the desk. (laughs) Yeah, that's just how it was. It was crazy. Uh, So he said, well, Brother, you need the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, how do I get this Spirit? He says, ask. And go on asking till you get him. So every every day I, I went to work praying for the Holy Spirit. And then just one day in July of 1988, boom, <laughs> the Holy Spirit filled me. And I just got out of my church work. I was running around like a wild man. And uh, just something's happened to me. Something's happened to me. And I ran across the company floor to find this guy. And when I found him, he says, calm down, calm down. He says, write this day down in your Bible. It's your birthday. And he was right. <laughs> it was my birthday. And ever since, um, I've, I've never looked back. Uh, it's just been an amazing walk since uh, July of 1988. But uh, bringing us up to current day, I am a former Assemblies of God pastor. And I was preaching one day uh, during a Sunday service. And right in the middle of the message, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Don, you need to go. And uh, my mind, I'm continuing on with the message, and again, that voice came, Don, you need to go. Now. I kept going. And this voice kept speaking, and in my mind, I'm saying, where, Lord? And he says, the door is right there. So at the end of the <laughs> service, I, I had, it was crazy. That's awesome. Man. I sat down. It, well, it was really a wild experience. I, I sat down with my wife at the end of the service, and I said, you're not going to believe what just happened. The Lord spoke to me. She said, what did he say? I said, he said to go. She said, go where? He, he said to go out that door. So we had ended up resigning uh, the ministry there that we were ministering at in Fall River, Massachusetts. And not fully knowing the plan of God as far as where we were heading, I ended up printing up some sandwich boards and some banners and bought a bullhorn and went out and did Sunday service out in the streets. And on the first day of street preaching out on the corner of this neighborhood of the inner city, I got about five middle fingers and some guy tried to run me over with his car. Uh, it wasn't well received uh, when we first started. And we, we did see very little fruit, uh, but we did see some. 
But we had continued, and I had ended up joining up with a group of street preachers that would travel the country to different events. And then about three years ago, I was arrested on America's birthday, the 4th of July, down in Virginia Beach on the boardwalk. Uh, and I was arrested for having a sidewalk Sunday school in America. And what happened was I had to now go home to Rhode Island, travel back down for a court case, which we had lost. And we ended up appealing the case. And some lawyers from an organization called the Center of Religious Expression, I think, the former Alliance Defense Fund, they had represented us. And we appealed the decision of the judge. And then going back down to Virginia, we ended up winning the case. But what happened was, as I stepped out of the courtroom, there were news reporters and cameras. And they ended up interviewing me for a number of different news agencies. And I ended up then traveling back home. Well, within a couple days, I had received a phone call from another one of the preachers down on Virginia Beach boardwalk when I was arrested. And he said, Don, you're, you're on the front page of a, of a newspaper online. And he had sent me a link to the article. And as I read the article, I was just, by now, the article had been about two days old, and there were hundreds of comments already in the article. And as I read it, not one of them uh, was positive. And I was really bewildered at the time. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, you know, you, you call me to step out and, you know, we're, we're not seeing. I mean, look at this. This is horrible. And uh, so I asked the Lord and, you know, began praying, Lord, what's missing? What am I not getting? And basically what the Lord showed me was that in America, we have Bible colleges, Bible schools, online Bible, you can do a correspondence, uh, get a degree in theology, go to Bible college, you can watch Christian radio, Christian TV, listen to Christian radio, go to a Christian college, go to Bible school through your church. Everything with the Bible is about learning and communicating the Word of God. And basically what the Lord showed me was that there was something missing, and we were only going out with a half a gospel. And the, the big aha moment came for me when the Lord showed me that and it was through a vision, and through the vision, God showed me that uh, we're, we're giving the gospel to the ear, but we're not giving it to the eye. And people have heard the message in America. In fact, people have heard the message so much that they're tired of hearing the message. In fact, people don't want to hear the message anymore. They want to see that the gospel is true. And I knew then that, that God had given us... Uh, responsibility, not just of communicating the gospel, but we were to also demonstrate the gospel as well. And we weren't doing that. So that, was, to me, was just a revelation that was huge. And it was around that time frame when I was making all this discovery, my mind began going back to my seminary days. And I've long been a history buff when it comes to church history. And I'm just now kind of going through church history, because for many years, I would wonder, where has the power gone? from the church. I mean, we read the book of Acts today, and you, and you look up, and you look around you, and you say, what happened? Uh, why is why are things so different today? Why is it that these 12 men that overcame the Roman Empire, why don't we see that power today? And uh, so this began a long quest for me through the years, uh, one that was probably going close to 20 years by this point. And uh, when all this stuff began coming together, somebody had sent me a link now to someone over in Denmark. And uh, 
it was torn. So what happened was they sent me a link to a video, and as soon as I clicked on that video, Million, it was amazing. Uh, it was as though everything suddenly, all the lights turned on. My 20-year quest was answered. I mean, it was crazy. There was just so much light streaming in from this that I, I was just compelled to immediately contact him. And then I found out he had a website, and the, the name of the website was The Last Reformation. And again, bells and whistles are going off in my head, because Forbin lives over in Denmark, and it was, wasn't far from where he lives that the Reformation began back in 1517 with Martin Luther. And then it ended up coming over to the shores of America in 1620 on the Mayflower. And I live 45 minutes from Plymouth Rock, where this came to, in America. So in an instant, I just knew that God is moving again. Uh, what I couldn't believe, he's out there demonstrating the gospel and power before preaching. And that was the missing ingredient. And uh, this, we joined forces about a year and a half ago. I immediately contacted him and said, Torben, uh, what's interesting to me, you live in a country where they still have state churches, and God's brought you out of this thing. I told him about you know myself, what had been going on with me and, and our ministry, and, and how God, God is moving again. And I said, Torben, do you have any idea how big this thing is? I said, God began moving over there, and now he's moving here in America, and you need to come. Well, we joined forces last year, and we had a conference out in New England. And we were here about three days, and somebody had contacted us over in Phoenix, Arizona, and said, uh, we need this year. You need to get on a plane. So they had bought us two tickets. We jumped on a plane. We went over to Arizona. We had a time over there where we were sharing this with others. And then, again, somebody had said, get in a car. You're coming with us out to Nevada. You have to bring this thing out to Las Vegas. And that's where we ended up last year. And then he went back uh, to Denmark as I was heading back to Rhode Island. And during that time, we were discussing, well, what's next? And at that time, we were talking, Torben was speaking about a school, an online school, which subsequently has become the Pioneer School, which today we have over 3,000 students online that are watching a series of videos that are taking people through church history, putting the missing pieces together of what has been lost through the centuries uh, since the days of Acts. And it's just been an incredible time for us. And, uh, you know, again, just getting back to the Bible, uh, we need to be demonstrating the gospel before communicating it. Uh, we're called to be ambassadors of Christ, and this really is what just had so much of a profound effect. And again, the healing and stuff that we're doing on the street is only a means to an end. And that end is making a healthy, self-replicating disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm. So we, just even in looking at the church history million, we discovered mm. that even the way we look at salvation has changed since the days of the first century church. Yep. What the first century saints did is so different and foreign to what we're doing in the body of Christ today. So a lot of this is, for us, has just been it's been an extreme year of eye-opening for us. And again, I what we sense, and it's not just us, uh, Torben and I are not Elijah. What's happening right now, as we've been presenting this, God has been waking up saints all over the world. And right now, every day, it's like, it's like we wake up, 
every evening I have to answer emails and calls from people all over the globe. God is touching people. And what's happening is this last Reformation is resonating with the body of Christ, so much so that it's completely reshaping the way we think about church and about disciple-making in the 21st century. And we believe strongly that this has been part of the last major move of God upon the face of the earth. Yeah. You know, this is, um, it's a phenomenal thing, too, because um, I'll be kind of blunt with the audience with this one. It's like, you know, a lot of times um, seminars and speakers come to town and I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'll go, I'll check it out. And, uh, in, 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 in this case, you know, I didn't know much about, uh, about these guys when I went to go see them and I was like, ah, you know, I'll see what it's about. And the stuff he's talking about today, like you said, it just lit me right up. Something just hit me right in the spirit. And I'm like, okay, I got to pay attention now. And, um, this, uh, my wife and I started watching some of the pioneer school videos. We're actually just in the middle of the first one right now. And what is really cool is, is that when you grab a hold of the history of how this all came together, it really starts to make sense. And I think as Christians, a lot of times, um, we kind of will read our Bible and we'll say, well, here's what, here's what the truth is. But there's things that were going on historically that tie in a lot of times to this that we overlook or we neglect or we don't want to be bothered with. But it's vital to know the history as well because it gives you that, you know, always read in context. Well, history gives you the context. So there's a huge element to what uh, to what Don's talking about. And uh, it's it's crazy, man. It's like it's it's like I was telling you on the phone the other day that. Um, it's like, these are things that you kind of know already, but until somebody words it a certain way, you know, the pieces start getting, uh, get connected together. And that's kind of where I'm at now, because I, I, I agree, you know, a lot of what you're saying, I, I kind of already knew, kind of already agreed with, but now it's coming together. And I imagine that that's a lot of what you're seeing then. Yeah. I think part of the problem million is we, we, we've so been distracted by time and tradition within the body of Christ that it's. It's, it's detoured us from seeing the truth. And things that we've read many, many times, it's almost like it's, it's kind of bumped our forehead and gone over us. But what we're discovering is God is working with man, around man, despite man. <laughs> and here we are in the 21st century, and, and God is playing catch-up with the saints. Uh, when I had initially contacted Torben, I began to go through the church history. And that is much of what you see on Lesson 1. I had discussed with him on day one, and we were on the same page as then. Uh, he had already uh, been working at that point on The Last Reformation, which is uh, a book that he's written, now doing very well on Amazon, and I suggest that people pick it up, because what that book does is it gives people something tangible to look at. We can look back now through the through the tube of history, and, and looking back, we can see where, where things began to dramatically change. And that began about three centuries in on Lesson 1, where Torben picks up. And uh, that's where we begin to see the arms of Rome through this Emperor Constantine begin to wrap itself around Christianity. Definitely. And then later the Reformers would try to reform that, and unfortunately they didn't go far enough and ended up becoming a strain, kind of a, a, a different form of the Roman Church. Yep. And that has led us to where we're at today. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild ride. I got to tell you, it's uh, listeners, you got to check this thing out. And uh, just so you're clear on all the principles um, in Denmark is Torben Sundergaard and it's the last And of course, joining us today on the phone is Don Blizzard from the last reformation USA dot com, kind of the um, the U.S. 
headquarters, if you will, for that. And uh, we're talking today about making disciples and uh, healing, interacting with that, which is a huge thing. And, you know, Jesus said, go and make disciples. That's what he told you to do. So this is giving you another tool to put in in the arsenal as you're out there evangelizing and ministering and doing your thing. So we are up against our second break. We did run long, but I don't care because this is good stuff. I'm loving hearing this. So listeners, you okay? Can we go a little longer? All right, cool. Uh, We're going to take our second break. We'll be back momentarily, so keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Back in just a moment. Thank you for listening to the Heal the Sick podcast, presented by Dominion Fire Church. Our ministry is growing, and we would like to ask you to grow along with us. Currently, we are in need of financial support, and we are asking friends, listeners, and followers to help crowdfund this ministry on a monthly basis. If this program has blessed or inspired you, please help us to produce more and more episodes by becoming a monthly supporter of $5, $10, or whatever amount is in your heart to give. Your contribution helps us produce more programs, help the sick get healed, and also support Christian outreaches overseas. Please visit www.dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter for details and how to get started. Again, that's dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter. We thank you for your generosity and support. Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, listeners, we are back on the third segment here of the Heal the Sick podcast. It is a pleasure to have you as always. Thank you for joining, hanging out, and listening with us today. Joining us on the phone is Don Blizzard from TheLastReformationUSA.com. And uh, the ministry work that he does not only involves healing, but he has a, uh, a, a method and a mindset relating to making disciples and how to grow in multiplication through making disciples, which is just phenomenal. And uh, him in combination with Torben Sondergaard in Denmark at uh, thelastreformation.com as well. Uh, these guys are working together as a team and seeing amazing things happen and seeing amazing growth. And uh, the one line that I cannot get out of my head from uh, Torben's speech is, don't curse the harvest. Because I know here in Vegas, it's like, ah, nobody wants this. Nobody cares. You know, it's like you're just cursing it away. And I just keep hearing in his head, don't curse the harvest. It's out there. And uh, this is just phenomenal stuff. And uh, joining us on the phone today, again, Don Blizzard from LastReformationUSA.com here in the uh, the U.S. wing of the operation and sharing with us today about what that all means. So, Don, you have an amazing uh, revelation and an amazing lesson on the idea of both having the spiritual and the physical in combination with each other as a complete package. So uh, what can you share with us about that topic today? Well, I think what's happened is, uh, in fact, we're currently working on a U.S. Pioneer School. In fact, we'll be releasing a video this week for Lesson 1. This is going to be a supplement to the 18, now 19 lessons to be released, uh, the 19th being tomorrow, I believe, with Torben in the, in Denmark. But we're talking about the, the spiritual and the physical and how they go together. Because I think what's happened today, and the lesson is going to be based on a, it's a prequel to the Pioneer School. So, uh, being a Star Wars kid when I was young, growing up, <laughs> I think we got that word prequel from them. I think it was Spielberg had something to do with that. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a prequel, basically kind of a, a primer to, to Lesson 1, which is out of the box where we begin to go through ch- church history. 
And what I think has happened today, we've lost touch with uh, the, this balance that we see in the Bible between these two realms of the physical and the spiritual worlds. And uh, it, it really, as soon as we understand that balance, it'll make such a huge difference uh, in disciple-making. Uh, typically and traditionally, we're led to believe that it takes many, many years to make a disciple. And uh, we're here to say that's not true. In fact, you could make a disciple in a day. In fact, what you'll see is those who, uh, in, in the first century, were making disciples, they were baptizing people on day one. But what we're missing today is so much of the essence of what God wants to do. The problem is, in the Church today, we're looking into the past, looking for revival. In other words, we're looking toward yesterday to see what God did years ago, to say, okay, God, you can do this again. I think revival, if you look at revival, I don't believe that the last Reformation is about revival. Uh, revival is very nostalgic. It looks backwards. And what revival does, the fatal flaw assumption that it makes is that God has somehow turned off the tap of his resources, and that we're looking toward yesterday for God to put, pull the switch and turn it back on so that his spirit can move again. And uh, my question for the saints would be this, is should we be looking for God to do something, or is God looking for us to do something? Uh, in offering Christ for us and his Holy Spirit, God has given us every provision uh, to be successful in this life, and to take the authority that he's given us in Christ to go out into the world and to make babies. <laughs> That's what God's called us to do. The whole reason why we are here on this earth is to make babies, new, born-again, healthy baby Christians. And we should be starting these new babies off with a full, conscious relationship with all three members of the Godhead at the beginning of their walk with the Lord. Now, how do we do that? It's very different uh, than we see today as it's being done. But in getting back to the spiritual and the physical, we need to understand that these two worlds go together. And the problem is, is that before the days of the apostles in the first century, we have the Greek scholars. We've got Aristotle and Plato. And these two men lived during the time of Malachi, which was the period in biblical history where God wasn't speaking. And what's interesting is one of these guys lived in the East, the other one lived in the West, and their uh, thoughts on the spiritual and physical have had a profound effect on us today. As a quick example, Aristotle believed, he was from the West, he believed that there are two realms, two worlds, there's a spiritual world and a physical world, neither are connected, but the reality is the physical world. So if you want to assimilate to the physical world, you would do it through your senses. And that's how you would live your life, through your senses. And through that, we would uh, end up with a Western world that is very sense-oriented, and we would do things to please the senses. And as a result, the West became very material. And in the East, with Plato, he came to the same conclusions as Aristotle. However, uh, his emphasis was different. Aristotle believed there were two realms, spiritual and physical, Plato came to that same conclusion. However, Plato said that the spiritual is the reality. And what they would have to do is to 
they'd have to escape the physical now to get into the spiritual. So the East became very mystical. And again, these two realms go together. And what's happened is, in the days of the Apostles, they had all this Gnostic thought creeping into the Church, ideas about Jesus. Was he just an apparition? Was he a human being? In fact, in John's writings, you'll, you'll discover that John is he's addressing a lot of these things that were facing the Apostles during those times. But here is where it has affected us in the Church. In the Church today, we see those two realms much the same way. In the Church, we look at the physical, and we look at the spirit, spiritual things, and we weigh them. In what we do, in the Church, we put the emphasis on the spiritual, and we put it way up high on a pedestal, and the physical way down below. And as a result, it's, it's completely warped our thinking when reading the Bible. Uh, I'll give you an example. From this thinking, we've got new words now in the Church. We've got clergy and laity. Sacred, secular. Natural, supernatural. And I, I know, Millie, and I had spoken with you a couple days ago about that and how it's really warped the way we think. And one example I give is uh, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And if you were to ask Christians, for example, is that a spiritual or physical verse, they would say it's a spiritual verse. And But if they were to go back into Zechariah where that uh, came from, it's talking about finishing a building project where the cornerstone, which had to go up on the roof of the building, was very heavy. And in the physical strength of the individuals, they didn't have the power to lift the stone up into the corner of the building. So it's both a physical and spiritual verse. And our Bible goes like this. And we're talking a little bit about sacraments. And a sacrament is where the physical and the spiritual touch. And with the physical realms and spiritual touch, that is the place of miracles that we see in our Bible. And when we look at our Bible, our Bible is a book just chock full of miracles. And we see the first ones in the Old Testament, and we see where these worlds connect, uh, the first being through two trees in the garden. Through the eating of a physical tree, you could mediate either spiritual life or spiritual death. And you see these two realms by eating of a natural tree, physical tree, that something spiritual would happen as a result. And that is really what a sacrament truly is. It's whatever you do in the physical when it has an effect in the spiritual, when they touch. But we have redefined a sacrament today to, to say that a sacrament is nothing more than an outward sign of an inward reality. And by, by, by making that Greek distinction, like Aristotle and Plato did, we're now, again, separating these two realms. And in the Church, we, we only escape into the realm of the spiritual when we either pray or we worship. And it amazes me the number of believers today out in the world who can't see a connection, for example, between laying on of hands and spiritual healing, where God can physically heal a person's body through the laying on of someone's hands. And when we read the scriptures in the New Testament, it's right there. Uh, Paul, in fact, says to Timothy, stir up the gifts that are in you by the laying on of hands. So I think it's very important. Uh, because of that, it's hard for us to see that we can do the works of Christ. And I think 
it, it's very hard. We, we, we try to wrap our mind around this connection, and, it, and it's there. But uh, again, what was really making the gospel effective during the days of the first century was the fact that they were going out and doing all these incredible works. And if you think about the Bible, I mean, the Bible isn't a book of logic, it's a book of life. And it doesn't become a book of life by reading it. It becomes a book of life by living it. And as we know, Christ did the things that I did, you will do also in greater things than these. So we we have a very hard time wrapping our minds around the miracles, the healings, and the things that Christ did, thinking that, well, he's the Son of God. That was easy for him. And it's as though, before we come to Jesus, we're in, we're in this Greek mindset, it's hard for us to picture a man in the physical being God spiritual. But then after we come to Christ, we cannot picture Christ as being a man. And the miracle of the Bible is understanding that Christ laid aside all deity. Every miracle he ever performed, every wonder, every word that came forth from his lips, wasn't as the Son of God, but it was as the Son of Man. And that gives us hope. And as we come back to that, we can now see the connection. Christ, every miracle that he did wasn't as the Son of God, but it was as the Son of Man, under the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And he's he's the third member of the Godhead who we've lost touch with over many years of Church history. And as I had mentioned uh, to you, Millian, before, in our conversation, the, the Roman Church, when they began to wrap the arms of Rome around Christianity, uh, they came up with a very strange form of the Trinity. It, it, the Trinity became the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Virgin. Whereas the Protestant Reformation would later come, and in rediscovering Christ, uh, we find that the Reformers now came up with their own Trinity, which was very different from that of the Roman Church. And the Reformers' Trinity ended up becoming the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. And today, in the Church of the 21st century, I think we're guilty of knowing more about the Word of God than what that's pointing toward. Because we're missing that connection, and it's so vital to our lives. So both the East and the West need to look toward the Middle East. Because it was out of the Middle East that we have two world religions that rose up. We have Christianity and Judaism, which it came from. And in these two world faiths, we can see these two realms perfectly combined. And again, this has affected how we think about salvation. Uh, we, we, we make salvation something that's very spiritual. We, we, for example, we can't see how water baptism, which is a physical act, one of the sacraments that's required of believers, how it fits in with salvation. It is an act of salvation. Notice I said an act, and it, it doesn't save within itself. That's a mystical view. But water baptism has a connection, for example, with, with becoming a born-again believer of Jesus Christ and being a disciple. But we, again, we just, many of us in our minds think, well, do I, then what about the thief on the cross? And we come up with all these objections so that we don't, you know, water baptism doesn't play a role in our salvation. But then we discover it does. Because if we say, do we have to be baptized to be a believer? Then we have a very narrow view of salvation. 
God wants to baptize you to be baptized now so that you can be clean on the inside. God can give you a new clean start in the life. But we've, again, we've lost connection there. Mm-hmm. And the other one where we've lost connection, the other sacrament that's required of believers is the Lord's table. And we're missing the essential purpose of these sacraments because God wants to mediate power through our obedience. But if we don't see a connection, then we, we lose the essential life that God wants to give us. And uh, that life is all important to us in this day. But, you know, again, because of this, I think much of the body of Christ for many centuries, we've not been out there doing the works that Jesus did, because we, we don't see a connection between these two. Because mm-hmm. we don't see a connection between these two worlds. Wow. So, Just Paul said <laughs> my preaching is not in words, man. Paul, a... Paul said this, my preaching is in persuasive words or wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Yeah. And, and, and think of the conversation with Philip when he told his disciples he's going back to the Father. And Philip said, well, show us the Father, that'll suffice. And what did Jesus say to him? How long have I been with you, Philip? <laughs> yeah. You've not come to know me? You've seen me. As you've seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He says, if you don't believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, he says, the words I say to you, I don't speak on my own. He says, but it, I speak with the Father abiding in me. Does. He's basically a mouthpiece for his father. But then he says to Philip, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. And I thought, wow, Jesus puts his own works above all the words that he had spoken during his three years with, with the apostles in bringing them up and training them. And my mind goes back to other places in the New Testament. Uh, where Nicodemus approaches Jesus at night. And he says, Rabbi, we know you've come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs unless God were with them. What was the confirming element that brought power to the ministry? It was the works. But we're not doing the works of God today because we've lost touch with this balance. And again, the Greek philosophers brought this into early history during a period where God wasn't speaking. So it's easy to see that they wouldn't understand the connection between these two things, especially during a time where God was silent. And it was during that same period where we see Eastern world religions now begin to rise. Uh, Between the period of Malachi and Matthew, Hinduism arose, Taoism arose, Buddhism arose. And today, in the material West, we're so dissatisfied with material things, we're now looking to the East and bringing those things in. Why? Because man cannot live by bread alone. We're tired of the material. In fact, my wife and I, we work cleaning houses, and we we clean for many middle-to-upper-class homes. And what's surprising is in the homes today in America, there are Indian deities in all of these houses. They're bringing in Eastern mysticism. Uh, Again, it's, it's, it's like we're living in the land of Aristotle with the materialistic world, but the material things don't satisfy but yet we look to the East to bring in some form of spirituality that we don't see in the mainstream church in the 21st century. And I think, in large part, it's that disconnect that has caused us in the Western world to bring a lot of this New Age stuff in to our culture. And again, as we seek to look East, the East is also looking West. I'll give you a prime example. China today, for example, has gone from extreme 
communism over to extreme capitalism. Now they're out to buy things and material things to please the body. So uh, we see both East and West were dissatisfied where they were. Uh, there's been literally a almost like a, a pole shift in, in the realm of the spiritual in looking the other way, but still men are dissatisfied in the modern day. And again, that balance comes in knowing right in the Middle East is where God met man. And man within himself combines those two realms. Because God made us, don't forget, a little bit above the animals and a little bit below the angels. So the spiritual and the physical connect both in man and Christ. <sighs> Listeners, is that heavy or what? Oh, that is such good stuff. And, you know, as you were talking through that, the, the thing that just kept popping into my head was don't separate what God has put together. And it seems like that's what Amen. people do. That just keeps coming to my head. That's and I just wanted to share that out there. So, listeners, if you want to know more, okay, I'm going to strongly suggest you take a few minutes and check some of this material out because there is such gold in here that you got to you got to just take a look at it. If nothing else, just hear what these guys have to say. And uh, Don, where can people find you? Do you have uh, websites, emails, Facebook? Where can everybody track this material down? Uh, yes, well, they can contact me through the website. Uh, the website is uh, thelastreformationusa.com. I can also be reached on Facebook. Uh, it's Don Blizzard, B-L-I-Z-A-R-D, like a snowstorm with one Z. And uh, that is my Facebook page. So uh, people can contact me also through the site email. That's Don at thelastreformationusa.com. In fact, uh we're getting many calls right now, Million, to travel, uh, to get people trained, mm -hmm. get them kick-started, and to help them to uh, see the connections, not just, uh, not just through teaching, but uh, we're talking actually taking them out into the, into the fields yep. and showing them that you know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so was the Holy Spirit. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah, listeners, you definitely want to check that out. If you have any problems getting a hold of that or you can't find it, please email me here at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com or our website, dominionfire.com, and I will make sure that you get connected up with the material and the information. So uh, check those guys out, and like I said, if you don't get a hold of them, let me know, and I will put you in contact. So, uh, Don, I want to thank you um, not only for the work you're doing, for the, the time you spent chatting with me, but also for being on the show today and just sharing some of that same elements that you shared with me, um, like I said, I think there's something huge in here, and I think there, and you're seeing it, and it's uh, you know on our side here, we're just starting to get a hold of it. So, uh, just good stuff, listeners, to add into what you're already doing, and uh, making disciples is always a good thing. So make sure you, you do check this out when you get a chance. And um, as we are coming up on the close of our program today, now we've gone long, but I don't care because this is such good stuff. I'm I'm happy to hear it. So uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up today. Um, Don, we always ask our guests if they will close the show by please praying for our audience for healing specifically. However, if you pick up anything prophetic or word of knowledge along the way, by all means, let it rip. And uh, would you please pray to end the show and take us all the way to the amen? I will. Uh, I would like the saints that are listening to this broadcast uh, to agree with uh, Million and myself in prayer. And let's, let's go before our Lord and uh, let's take that time right now. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are all in all. And Father, no one has an arm like you. Father, your arm is full of power. Your arm is full of might. Lord, you have a mighty arm. Your hand is strong and your hand is high. Lord, stretch out your arm, Lord. I pray that you deliver the saints, Lord God, and their body, 
soul, and spirit from all bondage that prevents them from living in your power in this day, Lord. Father, let fear and dread fall upon the enemy by the greatness of your mighty arm, Lord. And Father, favor us. Let your arm bring us close to your possession, Lord. Let your hand establish us and strengthen us, Lord God. Let your right hand, Lord God, your holy arm, give us victory. Let lightning come down from heaven against our enemies, Lord. We trust in your arm for our salvation. Awake, awake, O body of Christ, awake. Put on the strength of our Lord. The arm of the Lord is with us. Awake is in the ancient of days. And Father, we ask that you make your, your arm holy through us, Lord, in the sight of all flesh. And Father, that people through us, Lord God, would see your salvation. Show your strength through us, Lord God. Scatter the crown before us, Lord. Father, reveal, reveal to us, Lord, what we need to know, Father, that we can walk in your strength, Lord, and in your power. And Father, let the power of your hands be released through our lives, Lord God. Father, release your power against our enemy. Let your power be released from your hands to scatter the enemy, Lord. Let us rule over our enemies through your power. Let your power be released against the powers of darkness, Lord. Father, may your power and authority go against all demons, Lord, that we would encounter both in the body and in the spirit realm, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Because, Father, we are delivered from the power of Satan unto you, O Lord. Father, we ask that you divide the sea, destroy spirits, Lord God, through your power. We are strong in the Lord and the power of his might, Lord. You cause the powers of darkness to submit to your power. Father, display your power through us, Lord, that men would believe. Lord, help us to see who we are in Christ in this modern day. Release your power through healing and through deliverance, Lord God, that we would go into the world and make disciples as you have commanded us, Lord God. Release your powerful voice through us, Lord, to this world. And let them be amazed, Lord God, as we walk in the works that Jesus did. Not only the works that he did, but greater things than these. Let your power be released through your people, Lord God. Let signs and wonders and miracles be released through us in the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And let us also teach in that demonstration, Lord, of the spirit and power that's displayed through us. And let your power work mightily in us, Lord. Release your angels, Lord God, from heaven on our behalf. Lord, may our battles be fought in the heavens, Lord God, and won upon the earth, Lord God. Release your power through your prophets, Lord God. Let us in Christ be willing, in the age of your Spirit, Lord, to go out and fulfill the commission that you've given us, Lord God. And Father, cover our minds with the blood of Christ. Lord, cover the doorposts of our heart, our possessions, with the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us overcome the devil through the blood, Lord. We sprinkle the blood of Christ and receive your grace and peace. Father, you've made us perfect through the blood of the everlasting covenant. We have boldness to enter into your presence through God. You're holy of holies through the blood of your Son, Jesus, Lord God. Let us continually feast on the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Let us see the redemption and power that we have through the blood of Christ. And Father, you have set us free from the power of sin and through sickness, through the stripes that your Son endured on the cross and through the blood that was shed, Lord. We rebuke every spirit of torment and fear that would prevent believers from having peace through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we receive the benefits spoken about by David, Lord, in Psalms, of the, through the new covenant, Lord, through the blood of Jesus Christ, your Son. We receive forgiveness and healing through the body of Jesus and through his blood. And we receive the abundance, Lord, of deliverance through the blood of Jesus Christ. We receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the anointing through the blood of Christ. But the water and the Spirit and the blood 
bear witness through our lives, Lord, of our deliverance, our salvation, our power over sickness, sin, disease, and every work of the enemy's hands. Lord, your blood cleanses us from all sin. And Jesus, you resisted even unto blood, and your blood gives us that victory. So, Father, we thank you through your Son. Jesus, thank you for what you've done. We rebuke and cast out every spirit of guilt and shame and, and everything that brings condemnation to the saints through the blood of Christ. But sickness and disease, weak bodies through the blood of Jesus. But our hearts be sprinkled and purified with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse us, Lord, from an evil conscience before you, Lord. And, Father, we command all of our accusers to depart through the blood of Jesus. We bind and cast out every spirit of accusation and slander against the Most High that prevents us, that says we can't do this in this day and age. We come against the spirit of fear, the spirit of doubt. We release the voice of the blood of Jesus against every demon that would accuse and condemn the saints and try to get them to believe that they cannot walk in their power. Lord, teach our hands to war and our fingers to fight. Because, Father, we are your end times warriors. Use us as your weapon against the enemy. Your weapons of warfare, Lord, are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. Satan, you have lost the war in heaven. But all our enemies make war with the Lamb. Those who rise up, let them be destroyed. We do not fear. We do not war after the flesh, but we war after the Spirit. And, Lord, thunder upon our enemies. Release your voice in this day, Lord. Send out your arrows. Scatter the enemy, Lord. Send your light through us to destroy them, Lord. Deliver us. Bring us into that large place, because we are your battle axes and weapons of war. You have given us the necks of our enemies, O God, to destroy them in the name of Jesus. We are anointed, and you give us great deliverance. And we, Lord, will pursue our enemies, and we will overtake them, and we will not stop until they are condemned and destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. For all our enemies in Christ, you have given us that authority. They have fallen, Lord, underneath our feet. We tread upon the serpent and the scorpion. And over every power of the enemy, nothing by any means shall hurt us, Lord God. We tread down the wicked. They are ashes underneath our feet. We will arise and thresh and beat the enemy into pieces and close every demonic door that would attempt to come into our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind and cast out every spirit that would try to steal our joy. We bind and expose every demon that would try to come into our lives. Lord, cleanse the body of Christ, Lord. Cleanse the temples. Drive out the thieves from our lives, Lord God. Let us walk in the power and the authority that you've given us. We bind and rebuke every demon that would try to block our way in the name of Jesus Christ. And through your blood, through the shedding of your blood, through the stripes on your body, we are healed and we are sanctified. We are whole, complete, lacking nothing. Lord, let your saints right now be delivered from sickness, from disease, and from sin. In the name of Jesus Christ, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Whoa. <laughs> All right, listeners, I always, after the prayer, this is why I say this for the end, because I have to pull myself back together after hearing some of these prayers. It's amazing. So, uh, Don Blizzard, Last Reformation USA, I'm going to amen that one big time. And just thank you again, Don, for uh, joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, and we'd definitely like to have you visit with us again. And listeners, anytime you want to check out this program, it's at dominionfire.com on the web, where you'll find all of our social media links, including facebook.com slash Dominion Fire, as well as uh, Twitter.com at Healing Ministers, my personal one, and also YouTube.com slash Dominion Fire Church. And if you're ever 
uh, stuck in finding any of those or you're not sure where to look, always revert back to the website at dominionfire.com or you can email me directly at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com. So plenty of ways to get a hold of us, plenty of material out there. Instagram as well, I keep forgetting that one, but it's there. And uh, make sure you definitely check out uh, these gentlemen that we've interviewed today, uh, this gentleman today, and, and as well as his associate, Torben Sundergaard. These guys are doing amazing work and I'm just, I'm loving it and uh, definitely going to check out more of it myself. So let's do this journey and uh, let's go take this thing back. You know what I'm saying? So listeners, we're loving it. Thank you for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you next time here on the program. And as we always say on our ministry, boom goes Yeshua. And we'll see you next time.